Hello and welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I am Gordon. So Gordon, some number of episodes ago, we talked briefly about landscape images. And I wanted to expand on your proposal to much greater depth in this episode. Really? I said that? You did. Oh, well, remind me what I said. Well, now you sound like (laughs) me, which is not good for you. Basically, you propose that a telephoto lens might be preferable to a wide-angle lens for landscapes. Sometimes, but maybe more often than not. Yep, yep, I did say that. And it has worked for me. But why bring it up now? Well, as we record this, it's just after the middle of August, so the junk mail about fall colors is in full force. And so we know that fall colors are always a cause for folks to go out and make landscape photos. Well, that's true. It is a beautifully colored time of the year. And the skies tend to be less heavy and less foggy and smoggy. And and there's a lot more blue and the clouds uh, are nice. And obviously a less need to do sky replacements. And that in and of itself is a very good thing in my world. Mostly because I can always see a sky replacement. And when I do, the whole thing bugs me. Okay, Prince Kumachan. So let's get back to the lens question. I know that I find the telephoto lens to be great for landscapes. So maybe you can do your science thing and explain why that actually works for me. Fair enough. Let's consider landscapes in general. Typically, they're more focused, pun (laughs) intended, on subjects at some distance where we want to convey a sense of majesty and power. Agreed. And isn't that why every camera seller uses as a reason for people to have a wide-angle lens? Indeed they do. But it's wrong. A wide-angle lens, or to be correct, or precise, or anal, or something. (laughs) A wider angle of view is used when you cannot get all that you want into your composition. Or when you want maximum depth of field and you're shooting at wider apertures. They're perfect for that. And I think I know where you're going. I think you are concerned about perspective. Well, I am. We know that the wider the angle of view, the more of the subject area appears in the frame. Go figure. We also know that when we look at the image from a normal viewing distance we see what is referred to as perspective exaggeration, meaning the close things look closer and the far things look farther. And I got a feeling you're going to tell me this is not true. Well, it's not true. It is, in fact, an optical illusion. Back when I was a young photographer, camera makers used to provide these really cool counter mats to stores that showed the same scene, shot from the same place, with all their different lenses. I have one from Minolta in a box somewhere. What matters is that while the wide-angle shots have more in the frame, that 
perspective exaggeration illusion isn't actually true because if you look closely at each image, you know, like some people at it with their nose against the, the glass, mm. there's actually no change in subject separation at all. The wider angle of view creates this mental illusion of exaggeration of perspective. Which would imply that the corollary of that is true. We see telephoto images of streets and they look like the street lines, street lights are stacked closely together. Are you saying that that's an illusion as well? Absolutely. Because if you were to take the same scene with a wide angle, but then zoom in to the angle of view delivered by that telephoto lens, you would see that is exactly the same apparent sense of stacking or what we call perspective compression. They're optical illusions, but they've been used effectively by photographers for decades. Okay, so if, if that's true, then why do you like my proposal of using a telephoto for a landscape? Well, for me, it's really simple. I don't want the things that are further away to look like they're on another continent. Let me use a common and popular example. Most people have seen images photographed at Lake Louise in Canada. In fact, there are probably thousands that look very similar. Mm -hmm. There are red canoes tied up a dock, at a dock that look close to the photographer. They're on a beautiful lake, and there are stupendous-looking mountains in the distance. Sure. Um, I've seen that, or at least one of the other 10 million of them that look something like it. But now ask yourself what angle of view was used to make that image. What angle of view gets the boats, the lake, and appears to pull the mountains in closer, appearing to compress this perspective, so they don't look diminutive, they don't lose majesty, and they don't look like they're a million miles away. So I'm, I'm going to guess then that was done with a telephoto lens and with a smaller angle of view than the human eye sees? Well, you'd be correct. Oh my goodness. Okay, I did not know that. I've encountered lots of folks who go to these amazing places. They see these incredible scenes and because it's a landscape and because they've been told to do so, they slap on a 24 or 28 or a wider focal length lens. Um, obviously, I'm using full frame equivalents. But then they wonder why the mountains look like molehills or smaller. And frankly, it's because they're using the wrong lens for their desired outcome. Given that you seem to be wanting to challenge popular convention, what would you do? In this case, I would... Do what you do. I would pre-visualize the image, determine how much impact I want the farthest part of my scene to have without excluding interesting elements that are closer. Since my usually mounted travel lens is a 28 to 300, I would likely start, or let's be factual, I tend to start and at around a 100 millimeter focal length and then I'll zoom in until I get the intended view. For example, that Lake Louise image, typically photographed at about 135 millimeters. So, hold on a second. So, we 
say and we have been taught that a landscape should have an interesting foreground, uh, interesting subjects and we tend to poo-poo those that don't actually believe this or function like that. Well, that's true. The idea of the foreground element is to give us a sense of scale, but not to make that flower in the foreground bigger than the mountain in the background. Unless, of course, that's our intent. But that's going to fail in the context of what most people want in a landscape. Personally, I find that very boring because the flower is not the majestic element. The mountain is the majestic element, and I simply want the flower for scale. So what you're saying then is contrary to what many teachers would say. Yes, and I don't care. (laughs) In my Lake Louise example, the interesting foreground elements are the bright red canoes. Yep. But the photographer is not standing on top of them. The photographer is using them as a foreground element, not in opposition to the mountain, but as a colorful counterpoint and leading lines to the mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your argument makes sense. And there are certainly images to prove that. So why are wide angles lenses needed at all? Well, I find it unfortunate that the value proposition of a wide-angle lens is often misstated. A wide-angle of view is terrific, especially when you're in a tight space where your normal angle of view cannot get everything in the frame that you want to have there. Wide angles are best used in close, not for things that are far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I can go along with that. But as I listen to this, I can hear the listeners wailing. They're concerned about an apparent dichotomy. And that would be the issue of the depth of field. Tally lenses are generally regarded as having an inherent shallower depth of field. So in your Lake Louise example, How does one get foreground and background sharp and focused and without running into issues of small aperture, high ISO and the other things that we try to avoid? Factual, we know that the narrower the angle of view, the less depth of field we're going to get at any focal distance. So that's absolutely true. However, if I use a tool like PhotoPills that's available to anybody, mm-hmm. yeah. or I don't know, what is it, 15 bucks? 15 bucks, thereabouts, last time I looked. Let's take this example, concrete example. Let's suppose that I'm using, and in my case, it's a full-frame camera. Mm-hmm. Do your math, if you wish. And I've found that I'm getting the perspective that I want to see. Those canoes, mm-hmm. yep. that mountain, the lake. And I've got my zoom at about 135 millimeters based on where I'm standing. Right. Now, obviously, I have to move to get the right composition. Sure. No camera, no lens is going to fix compositional yeah, yeah. ineptitude. <laughs> right? Rachel, what are you going to say there? that? Yeah, I know. You were very <laughs> cautious. Now, it's a bright, sunny day. Right. So I'm going to use my ISO 100 because... 
as you said, some people get really freaked out about ISOs over that. Yep. Not sure why, but whatever makes them. That's another story. Fill their boots, right? So let's say I'm shooting ISO 100 F-16. Okay. Classic sunny day. Right. Right? Now, let's say that I've positioned myself so I'm 40 meters away from those canoes. Okay. That's about 140 feet. Right? I'm not standing on top of them. Right. Which is what we see in most of the examples that we talk about. Well, I was going to say I hate to sound like I keep beating the same horse, but I do I'm going to use the power of hyperfocal distance the same way I would do as we talked about in street photography. Right. If I focus at 40 meters away Mm -hmm. at F-16. Right. With my zoom around 135 millimeters, everything from 19 and a half meters away from me, half the distance to those canoes Mm -hmm. to infinity. Right. Is going to be in focus. That, that's impressive. That's that's more impressive than I would have thought. Now, obviously, you do have to take into consideration the focal length, or more correctly, angle of view you're using. Right. If you're doing this with a 400 millimeter lens and you're still only 40 meters away, well, that's thing going to change things. Right. 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 And this is where I think folks start to worry about back to front depth of field. Sure. Now, obviously. A methodology to deal with that, although I'll be right up front, I've never had to, Yep, is through the process of focus stacking. And you and I have been at this long enough that we both know that if you say focus stacking, <laughs> there is crying and tears and wailing and, and the waving of, of hands. Then Yes. The gnashing of teeth, it's not that big a deal. Almost all the software out there does focus stacking if you want to do it. But again, my point is, if you position yourself well and you compose well, and you use your telephoto lens effectively, Mm -hmm. you don't need to. You're not going to need to focus stack. Right. Except in those scenarios where you're using a super, super long lens. Right. A very, very narrow angle of view. Right. It's not hard to focus stack. Any camera can do it. But I'm going to submit that you don't have to go to that level of pain. Okay. Fair enough. In the majority of situations. Yeah. There's no one camera, no one lens, no one technique. So, yeah, okay. So... And if you want to go the other way, if you, if you do want more of width of the scene getting in there, uh, well, you do the opposite of photo stacking and you shoot a panorama, I guess. Exactly. Now, But now you're using a different lens with a different intent and a different purpose. Right. In fact, you bring up panoramas, and I think this is a good one. What if you did your panorama with your telephoto yes, lens? Yes, and I have. Worked out pretty well, didn't it? Worked out perfectly. It really does. And you don't get any of that illusion of perspective exaggeration that you get with a panorama shot with a wide angle. Right. Yes, that uh, works well. So when the fall colors do show, 
Lord knows it's going to be soon enough. What is your proposal? Most photographers have already bought into the whole, I need a wide-angle lens for landscape. And they've got lots of wide-angle shots of fall colors. Okay. It's kind of like McDonald's. <laughs> the quarter pounder you had last year is the same as the quarter pounder you get today. Right. Or the one from 10 years ago. So maybe change up the recipe. Right. Don't take the wide-angle lens. Okay. Or yep. put it in the bag if it assuages your mental <laughs> whatever. But shoot with the telephoto. Sure. Now, that will require you to spend some time learning to see. But I think we've talked about this enough that until you learn to see... Your photography is going to be a struggle anyway. Yes, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you don't see, you don't shoot. Now, you don't have to go to Lake Louise to do this. No. Find a windy country road. Mm -hmm. Like, I can think of one that's literally five minutes from where we are right now. Right. That has trees on either side. Yep. That are going to change color. Yep. And I'm going to use a narrower angle of view to cut out all the detritus that I don't want and create that leverage, choose to leverage that illusion that appears to compress the perspective, bring those trees and the more distant part of that winding road closer together. The images will have more power. They will be more engaging and they will be more pleasing because now you're bringing in what you've what you visualize in your mind's eye. Right. If you shoot the other way, you're going to make things look so far away that you can't apparently get there. And that just doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, well, the, the, I guess the other side of this is that the human eye is very good at extracting to use Freeman Patterson's term, they're very good at extracting what you want to see, and it cuts out the rest. So, in, a, in fact, I believe the human eye probably functions like a telephoto lens, only we don't realize it. Uh, we, we see what we want to see, we see the rest of it in the periphery, and you say a wide-angle lens, and I'm saying... Maybe not. Well, and I agree. I mean, how many times have we been to an air show where in our mind, the plane is right up there? Oh, yeah. And then we get the pictures back. And it wasn't. And it was not. <laughs> it was freaking far away. And better for all of us than it probably was. Yes, right. Yeah. Well, I think I will do that from now. Well, I was doing it anyway, but I will maybe concentrate on doing it more. I'll accept the challenge uh, not to use a wide angle for landscapes, and I will work diligently on changing the way I'm seeing differently now. So, thank you all for listening. I am Gordon. I am Ross. If you shop with B&H Photo Video, please use the link on the main page. It pays us a small commission and costs you nothing more. Thanks again for being part of the group. Feel free to submit a question via the email link 
or post a comment. For the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, we bid you peace.